morning, guys. All right, so uh, my name is Eva Anderson, and I am going into the ninth grade. Uh, I have a really short amount of time to talk, so I'm going to go ahead and jump straight into this. If you guys could turn to Romans chapter 3 with me, I'll be reading a couple verses in there, so it would be good just to have it up, like, up and ready. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, take your time. Actually, don't, because I have time, but <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. So, um, as Christians, we commonly think of our relationship with God in terms of him as our father or as our friend. But another way we can actually think of our relationship with God is as a partnership. So, in the beginning, God had an original plan. He wanted to have a partnership with all humans to develop his justice, love, family, and life throughout the world. But humans messed up. It wasn't just Adam and Eve, but all of humanity abandoned God's partnership and wanted to do it their own way. So, Romans 3.23 for everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So, after humans rejected God's partnership, God sets a plan into, pl into place to renew his partnership with the rest of the world by making four covenants with a small group of people. So you're probably wondering, well, what is a covenant? A covenant is when God makes promises and asks his partner to fulfill commitments in return. So the first covenant he made was with a man named Noah. After Adam and Eve had sinned, the world had become full of evil and corruption. Uh, God then sends a flood to wash the earth clean. There is one righteous man, Noah, who God saves along with his family. So in Genesis 9-11, God promises or makes a covenant with um, Noah to not send, destroy and send a flood again. What actually makes this covenant a little more unique is that God didn't ask Noah of anything in return. So this kind of establishes his faithfulness and commitment to humanity. And this also lays the foundations for the next three covenants to come. The second covenant we have is with Abraham. We see in Genesis 15 that God promises to bless Abraham with a big family and to care for him. In return, God asks Abraham to trust him and to raise his family to do what is just and right. God's plan was to bring his blessing to all families of the world through this one family. The third covenant we see God make is with Moses and a tribe of people. So God continues to renew his partnership with the world by expanding it to the tribe of Israel. So in the book of Exodus, God gave the tribe of Israel a set of laws through Moses, which were guidelines for the right kind of living. Uh, so by following God's laws, he would bless them, and they would represent God to the rest of the world. The fourth covenant we see God make is with um, King David. So God continues to renew his partnership with the world by expanding it to a nation. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, God asks King David and his descendants to lead God's people, to follow the law, and to live righteous and just lives. He promises that one day, one of David's sons will extend God's peace and blessing to all nations. But after all these covenants, Israel broke their commitment and their nation crumbled. They worshiped other gods, they allowed injustice, and were forced off their land. It seemed hopeless. But during the time of Israel's exile, prophets talked about a day when God would restore these covenants in spite of Israel's failure. So this is when Jesus enters the stage. Jesus fulfills all of the commitments that Israel failed to keep. He was the, from the family of Abraham, and he will bring the blessings of that family to the world. He's the faithful Israelite who was able to obey the law perfectly, and he is the king from the line of David, extending God's justice and peace to the world. 
So Jesus was not just any human, but he was God who came as a human to be the faithful covenant partner we were meant to be. So Jesus creates a way for humanity to be restored to God and his original plan of partnership. So now we're going to go to Romans 3.21. And I'm just going to go ahead and read. So, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right by God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. So Jesus is inviting people to have faith in him and to allow him and to be part of this new covenant family. And in doing this, he is helping us to become more faithful partners. And so God's ultimate plan is a fully renewed world and renewed people partnering with God to bring his love and justice to the world. So that, I know that was kind of a lot. I'm come to the end here. Um, if you guys do have any questions, I, you can try to come up to me and I like I can try to answer them. I'm not perfect. I am only 14, so. Um, but so now that closing, I'm going to invite Aiden up here. Can you give a round of applause for Aiden? Can we just give another round of applause for Eva Anderson? John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hi, I'm Aiden Kasel. I am going to my junior year of high school, um, and I'm here to talk about God's reckless love for five minutes or less. <laughs> so I love John 3.16 so much. I know it's like the verse that everybody's heard through different sports players and stuff like that, but goes a lot deeper the more you dive into it. Um, and this verse just, to me, represents how reckless God's love is. God wanted to be with us so much that he sent his only son, the only son he had, to die for us so that we could be with him for eternal life. God's love will come after you no matter what, but he doesn't force it upon you. He lets you make the decision whether or not you want to accept it. And the way to accept it is by repenting. Repenting is, I feel like, is too often confused with just, like, confession and, like, being like, oh, I'm sorry. It, there's an extra step, I feel like, even if you do know the, this or don't, it's just, I feel like it's skipped. I do it, and I'm sure other people do it as well, but it's changing the way you think. Because if we repent to God, we, that... The way to change is by spending more time with him in the word and just spending time with him. God doesn't care who you are or what you've done. And one of the biggest examples of people in history that had done who God just didn't care who they were, but he had a plan for them was Paul. So Paul started out as Saul, as we all know. He persecuted Christians because he thought they had the wrong idea and that they were splitting spreading blasphemy about his God. He would order them to be killed, and 
sometimes partake in the action. But then one day, he met God. And we all know the story. He goes blind. He meets another. He meets uh, a follower of Christ. He comes to know Jesus. And then he writes most of the New Testament. God didn't care. He didn't care that the people he had, that Paul had murdered, he didn't care what he had done. He saw what he could do. He saw his child in Paul. He sees, we're all God's children. He sees that in each and every one of us. Paul, uh, for the rest of his life, followed God from what we can tell. And he brought people into Paul's life that accepted him for who he was, who, as he was, not who he was before he had come to Christ. God will do the exact same thing to us. He, doesn't, he will bring people into our lives who think about us the same way he does. They don't care about what you did in the past. It's about what you're doing now and your relationship that you have now because that past doesn't affect them. So if I want you to go away with one thing, it's that God doesn't, it doesn't matter what you've done. God's love is so reckless, it will come after you no matter what. I'd like to invite up uh, Selah Lemmy. I believe she's going to, yeah, round of applause for Selah. I believe she's going to share her testimony, and I'm sure it'll be good. I thought you were going to say something else. Okay. Hi, guys. Okay. Um, if you guys don't already know who I am, I'm Selah Lemmy. I'm going to be a junior this year. Um, I am sharing my testimony today, so um, please strap in um, for this wild ride you're going to um, partake with me. Um, so I grew up in this church. Um, I got dedicated here as a baby. Uh, my mom's right there, Aaron Lemmy. If you don't know me, you probably know Aaron or Lauren Lemmy, um, obviously. My mom's, you know, your best friend. She's going to talk to you ever, like all the time. It's great. Um, thank you for like joining in with me. I lost my voice like three days ago, so like it's still like coming back. So, um, but yeah, so I was raised as a Christian my whole life. Um, I always had that connection um, in worship. Um, all of my family's musical, so you know, you saw me up there. Um, but I've always connected with God in that way where music was my stronghold, something that kept me um, firm in his foundation. Um, so we, my family and I, uh, we've lived here our whole lives. Um, my sister and I started going to the Oaks Academy in like kindergarten. It was our private school. Yeah, Simeon and Zion. Um, and it, I feel like it was there was good parts and bad parts. Um, you know, you had to wear a uniform, you know, you had to like, you didn't have to worry about your clothes. And, you know, you'd get to worship every morning, um, which was a highlight of when I went there. Um, so about five, four years ago, <laughs> I'm so bad at timeline, um, but 2020, um, this was one of the um, key moments of where um, my life started like going downhill, I'd say. Um, in 2020, um, my family and I, we rented this house um, in 
Muncie, Indiana? Mom, where? That word? What did you say? <laughs> okay, that. Um, but so basically, we're, it was like the day after 4th of July, and you know, we're partying, we're roasting s'mores, we're having a good time with family and friends. Um, and the owner of the house, um, he was like, guys, let's light a firework. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. And he was like, Selah, you look like you could light a firework. And I was like, okay, great. It was a broken firework. It was a mortar firework that shoots up. Um, I lit it, and I didn't have time to step back, and it blew up in my face. Um, that moment was really scary, especially for my parents. Um, they're right there. So basically... Um, we were on our way to the ER, um, and we were just trying to figure out what was happening. Um, I had a fractured um, in my first vertebrae. Um, I had a broken finger. I had to get surgery on my fingers, hands, face, and eye. I almost lost eyesight in my left eye completely. Um, in that moment, we were like, we need to ask God for help. We need to be praying for him um, to just see, like, we need to see a miracle in this situation. So that night, my mom was like, guys, Selah needs prayer. Um, and as we look back, um, we're like, if we didn't have that childlike faith, I probably wouldn't be standing here today. If we didn't have that childlike faith... I want to be standing up here and giving you my testimony. Um, I just think it's so important to be like his child again, um, to be running um, and seeking and wanting him so much. Um, and so after that um, experience, I had a bunch of bunches of scars. A lot of people knew because my mom posted on Facebook and she's friends with like 3K people on Facebook. And like everyone from my school knew. And that's when I started like having severe mental health. Um, I started getting bullied. Um, people would bully me for having depression and anxiety. Um, I had a family member pass away and you know, you're grieving and all of that and it's hard. Um, and so I started getting into therapy, um, but my Christian, like, my Christian lifestyle was, like, you know, medium, you know? Like, when you're, you go to church, you go back home, and, you know, that's it, and that's what it was in that situation. Um, so, my freshman year of high school, I transferred into public school after I was in private for 11 years. It's crazy. <laughs> Like, that is scary. And it was scary for my parents, too, because they're like, this is, like, crazy. Do You don't know anyone. You're learning, like, everything new again. Like, it's like you're being reborn. Um, and so I started getting so worked up on how people looked at me. You get caught up in what you're wearing, what you're saying, what you post online. And I got so selfish um, and so caught up in what I wanted for myself. And so I would just put God on the back shelf. 
like, okay, God, see you Sunday. Um, so the start of my sophomore year, um, I got into just the worst habits. Um, I got into bad friend groups. I got into relationships that were manipulative. Um, I started um, using drugs. Um, and in that moment, I was like hiding. Like similar to how um, Adam and Eve ran from God in Genesis chapter 2 and 3. They didn't want to see him because they were naked. Um, and they were ashamed. Um, they were ashamed of how they felt. Um, in that moment, I just started like putting it away. I started lying to my parents. I started lying to my therapist. I don't even know why I had a therapist. Sorry, Mom, you paid for that. Um, <laughs> like, it's crazy how far you can get away from God um, in that moment. Like, when you think back, like, there's probably a moment in your life where you're like, I was so far away from God. But, like, look at me now, you know? Like, it's like, come back. Hey, guys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so I just dealt with just so many things that it was so overwhelming. So this January, um, well, this past January, this, in this year, sorry, um, I had so many, um, I had suicidal attempts, um, and thoughts, and I followed through with one in January this year, um, and my life hit zero. Um, my parents took me out of school. Um, I stayed home. I did online. I did a um, outpatient program for like three months. I turned it off. Oh. Um, and so that that is when I like hated God. I was like, God. In that moment when we were driving to the ER in January, I was like, why didn't you let me follow through? And I'm sitting there. And, you know, my parents are screaming at me. They're like, Selah! I'm like, sorry. Um, I was so mad at God. I was so mad that he let me follow through. Well, he didn't let me follow through. I was so mad that I couldn't hear him when he was literally shouting at me. And there's so many times where I look back where I'm like, he was right there. He was right there, and I didn't see him, and I didn't let him take hold of me, and I pushed him away. I pushed him away so many times. And so um, it's just, yeah, so it was just something that I, there was no hope. Um, maybe two months later after in January, I'm in March, um, I started going to um, this group called The Gathering on Friday nights. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, it's every um, Friday of the month we go to the Hendrickson's barn. Where's Nancy? Yeah. So, I, yeah, it's the best. I love it so much. It feels like home there. Um, but I started going there. Um, it's literally just a designated time for worship for like three hours. Like, there's no judgment there. When I went in, well, my mom was like, Sailor, you need to go to this. And I was like, she's like, get in the car. 
<laughs> you're you're gonna experience Jesus again. You're gonna rise up and you're gonna. It's yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, I made new friends. Um, but so about that was like the time where I was like, I'm living a double life, and like, why am I doing that? Like, why can't I just be fully submitted with God? And so I was always like questioning it, um, this time of year. Um, and so. Two months ago, I'm pretty sure it was two months ago. I'm really bad at timelines, guys. Um, but two months ago, I was prayed for at the Hendrickson's barn um, for my scoliosis in my back. Um, and so, you know, like, it's kind of awkward when you get prayed for for healing. Like, when they're like, okay, feel it out. And you're like, yeah, it feels great. Um, <laughs> I, I just, like, it felt, it felt good, like, I was experiencing the Holy Spirit. I just think I wasn't um, just understanding how far I could, like, be like, I'm healed in Jesus' name, you know? And having that confidence that I can get healed um, in a millisecond. Um, so I went to the chiropractor that next week, um, and he was like, Sayla, you've been doing your exercises? And I said, No. <laughs> I don't do those, man. I lost them, like, the first day you gave me them. And it's, like, the ones where you go, like, and then you go on the wall, and you're, like, it's so, no, I'm not doing that. Um, I'll forget anyways. I have a bad memory. Um, but he was, like, silly, you've been doing your exercises. And I said, no, man. He said, well, your hips are starting to realign again. And I don't think you're diagnosed with scoliosis anymore. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Um, and, dude, in that moment, I was like, was I just, like, you know, like, doing, like, jumping around and, like, getting myself healed, or was that Jesus? Because I'm pretty sure that was Jesus. And in that moment, I, so I went back to my car, and I just start crying. I'm just like, he was right there. God was right there. He was in that moment with me, um, and he was with me every step of the way, and I turned away. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to let you hold on to me. Um, so I just yell out at God in my car, and I'm like, Jesus, I'm not going back. Um, and so I texted the group chat of our gathering, and I was like, guys, I'm healed. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, like, it was crazy. And I kept on telling everyone. Like, I told everyone I could, like, see anyone I met, like, strangers on, like, the side of the road. I would tell them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got you. Um, but, yeah. And so I just had that new confidence. Um, and so then the next day, me and my friend, um, she bought me a new Bible. She was like, Sailor, you're reborn in Jesus' name. And I was like, yes. Um, and so it's just so, um, it's just super emotional to, like, look back on and where, like, in your guys' life or, like, um, where I experienced it, like, there's times where you're like, what's that voice I'm hearing? What's that thing that's holding me back? Um, that's the devil. Um, and he had a hold on me so strong that I thought that was God. That's not God. That's the devil. Um, 
he is bad and he needs to be gone in Jesus name. I'm sorry, but like he needs to be gone. And so like I was praying and I was like, Holy Spirit is in this room now and you're not going to be like, and I pray this over, I pray this over everyone. I'm just like, your hearts are going to be changed. Holy Spirit is in this room and the devil is not here and he's no more. Um, and so, yeah, I just started consuming um, the Bible. Um, I started reading every day. I just was like, oh my gosh, I need more. Like, what was I missing? Like, I felt like, yeah, a new Christian. So, so I was like, I need to read more. I need to tell people. I wasn't scared of telling people that I was a Christian anymore. Like, in b- before I would be like, oh, I'm busy on Sunday. And they're like, why? And I'm like, things. Um, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Stop stalking me and blah, blah, blah. No. But, like, I um, told one of my best friends, I was like, dude, I just got healed. And I got prayed for. And she was like, oh, my gosh, Selah, that's so cool. She's not a Christian. And in that moment, my parents were like, Selah, why did you say, well, I don't know if you want to hear this. And then I was like, oh, you're right. So I texted her back, and I was like, you know what? I got healed of scoliosis today, and you should, you should come to youth group sometime, or you should come to the gathering. And she was like, I'll think about it. I'll I, I, I like go if you're there, so, you know. And so um, praise Jesus, because um, I've been praying for her so much recently. Um, but, yeah, so there's just... Um, so in Sons and Daughters Retreat, I finally got to the retreat, guys. Um, so the first night, um, it was so, ooh, it's like so hard to s- s- ex- describe, sorry, describe. Like I get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, but I, God was talking to me about how I needed to forgive people um, before the retreat, like in the car when we were driving there. And um, so I was like, okay, God, whenever, like, someone tells me that I need to forgive someone, I will. Um, And so the speaker comes up, and she's like, at the end, she's praying, and she's like, the first person that pops into your head, you need to forgive right now. And I was like, Jesus, why are you always right? And, like, I didn't want to do this, and then you did it, and I was like, yeah, so I, I had the most hate um, um, for one of my relationships um, in the past, um, and it just led to me um, just going deeper and deeper into a hole that I couldn't get out of, and I just hated, hated them. And I was like, God, I am not forgiving them. He was like, Salo, I'm going to make you cry started crying, um, and then he was like, and I was like, God, no, I'm not going to do it, and he was like, sit up, ground now, and so I just fell on my knees, and I was like, alrighty, it's time to forgive, and so we forgive, um, it's so important to forgive others, um, as I was saying, <laughs> yes, amen, it's so important to forgive others, um, and I know it seems so stupid, like even like, I'm sorry I said that and blah, blah, blah. But it changes like it changes your heart. 
when I forgave them, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is great. I don't hate anyone anymore. And no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it just, it felt like a weight lifted off my chest. And it was just so powerful to see that just saying, I forgive you in Jesus' name. And then you don't have, you don't have that thing to hold on to. Um, and also that's like a, that's like a point where you can start um, talking to them about Jesus. Um, and also um, praying for them and um, giving them prophetic words and stuff like that. Um, and to just see where God moves in their life. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I got dramatically healed too at the gathering. I had tremors um, from my accident, my firework accident. And I didn't have tremors for like the rest of the week. And it was amazing because that just makes me stressed automatically. Like I just shake all the time. Um, and then the last night this guy, he's like, I feel like I need to pray for someone who has trouble sleeping. And I was like, okay, that's anyone. And then he went into detail. <laughs> and I was like, so he was saying, like, who's having trouble sleeping, feeling like there's a weight on your chest, like there's demons trying to get you, like they're holding down, you can't breathe, you're having panic attacks at night. And I am standing there, and I'm like, dude, What? That's me. And I'm like, okay, so this is weird because I also was embarrassed. I was like, I don't want to, like, stand up and, like, go to the front and be, get prayed for. But I did because I was like, this is so, um, it's just so specific. And that's also with God. Like, he can give people, he can give people, he can give you, he, they can, he can give you the most specific things. And it even can just be a unicorn. Like, I got a prophetic word of a unicorn, and I was like, okay. And then when I look up after I'm worshiping, there's a guy with a unicorn on the back of his shirt. And there's, there's it's like breadcrumbs. God gives you breadcrumbs um, for prophetic things. He can give you a unicorn. Then I started praying for him, and I got his brother's name. And then he was like, my brother's in the hospital right now. I'm like, okay, let's pray for that. Um, and then I followed up with him, like, the next day, um, and his brother got admitted out of the hospital the next day. Praise Jesus. Um, and so it's just so important, again, as I say, to have that childlike faith. Um, I mean, I'm 17, but I'm still a child. I still have that childlike faith. I want to learn and grow and, um, pursue him, um, so much more. Um, and so, as our time ends soon, um, we have a slideshow um, of just some major um, impacts. We have, like, some slides of worship. We have a video of Aria winning at a game. My sister is so... <laughs> my si Aria, she's right there. Oh, look at her. Oh, she's so cute. I'm kidding. Um, she's... Wow. She's so, um, she wants to win the first night game so bad every retreat. Like, oh, she's like, <sighs> and then she got, she got like a $30 coupon for merch. And so praise Jesus, because we share everything. So I was like, hallelujah, I don't have to pay for anything. And 
<laughs> so yeah, so you're just gonna see um, some photos of those nights following, um, but I like to close us um, in some prayer um, to just let the Holy um, Holy Spirit move even outside of here. So, um, oh, and also, I'd ask for you guys to hold out your hands, because um, I want to pray um, for forgiveness and childlike faith. So, Father, I ask for this whole room, in Jesus' name, for the fear of being childlike to be gone, in Jesus' name, Father. And I open up the doors for the Holy Spirit to move, to circle, and to um, just pass through their hearts, Father, and for them to love more deeply, and for them to just love and carry out what you have for them. And Father, I pray for that forgiveness that they've been holding back. I pray for the fear of being wrong. I pray for the fear of even being right, Father. And I ask for that forgiveness for someone in the room. So if there's someone in your mind that you need to forgive tonight or today, I ask for you guys to forgive them. In Jesus' name, Father. I ask for more, Father. Thank you. Thank you. And I ask for healing in back problems. If anyone has a back problem, I ask for them to touch their back or someone else to touch their back. And I ask for all pain to be gone in Jesus' name. To fly out of these doors and to never come back. And I ask for a fulfilling spirit in our um, youth students today. I ask for them to be fulfilled and to love you more deeply. Father, I just raise my hands to you, Father. And I'm so thankful for your love, your undying compassion for us. And I ask for you to just follow that out. And for others to be so consumed in your joy and your compassion and your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So now we have a slideshow for you guys to enjoy. I'm Nick Kane. I'm the youth pastor. Um, hey, just round of applause for Sela.
man, I am feeling emotional. If we could just throw up, we've got a, a picture um, from the conference of the stage. So if you're able to take a look, and if you look closely at the stage, you'll see these handprints that are black and kind of stick out uh, against the stage that is a little lighter in color. And so what's actually happening in that picture is on our final night during a time of worship, the uh, speaker for that evening started inviting people up that were highlighted to him to come onto the stage and to worship the Lord. And so people were, uh, students and volunteers alike and leaders were coming on and they were worshiping on the stage and putting their hands down like this. And afterwards, the handprints didn't go away. They continued to stay. No one had put anything on their hands or anything like that. And the handprints, uh, to my understanding, are still stuck there today. I can read uh, a message that I got back from them. And this is at the Champaign-Urbana uh, Vineyard. So we're actually going to go there as a staff team in October. So I'm looking forward to seeing if any remnants of these handprints are still there. But so the stage was mopped and cleaned before the conference and also after. Our tech team scrubbed before Holy Spirit night, which was on Sunday night, and they are still there. On Wednesday, handprints were still there last we checked. We believe it is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit moving amongst Gen Z and anointing them for the work of the kingdom. Yeah. So I'm so proud of this group of students. Um, I am just blown away by them. They have been helping out with uh, actually more than even what you can see. We've got Miles Farnsley, a sixth grader, who's helping out with the slides. And Zeke Carpenter was helping out with the uh, kids' ministry check-in. And we also uh, had Michael and Rowan uh, who were helping out with the uh, bagel and coffee setup this morning. In the student worship team, all the speakers, the greeters, and then now the, uh, the ministry team. So we're gonna be transitioning to a time of ministry. I'm sure that you guys would love to get prayer from these students. And so I just wanna invite up just everyone in the youth group to come and be a part of the ministry team and to get into groups of uh, three. And if you want to have an encounter with the Lord, if you want a fresh filling from his spirit, if you uh, are someone with back pain, like Selah called out, um, or really just anyone that wants prayer, come on up and get prayer. I would say that the ministry team is one of the things that stick out to me as my favorite parts of the main service of the Indie Vineyard. Uh, I just came in here for years as a broken person and would just leave whole after spending time with the ministry team. So if that's you, come up and get prayer. Um, and uh, I just want to just want to just um, 
Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful. Um, as Selah shared, she had this attempt on her life, and then now to come up and to get to minister to us like that, just was experiencing the Lord's presence so strongly. And at the conference, these students, not just Selah, but all of them, um, just saw them going around and not just ministering to each other, but ministering to other youth groups as well. And so this is just a humble group of ministers that walk with you. Before we go into this time, I just want to pray a blessing on you and, and all these kids, okay? And I just want to say as a parent that we're just really, what we want most for our kids is to, is to know the Lord. And that's, you know, the direction this group is going is right towards Jesus. So we're just, uh, and you're leading, you're leading it, buddy. So, okay? Yeah. Can I have a few uh, parents come up and, um, and join this prayer and for all these kids and for Nick? Um, you guys, you young kids can help lead this church. We trust you and we see what God's doing. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for Nick and we thank you for the vision you've given him, God. We thank you for his, uh, his heart which is towards you, Lord. And we just ask that you would work in all these kids' hearts, that, that they would grow and mature and change and lead. Help us as a congregation to not view them as children, but to, to listen to what they have to, to share with us. this morning in the, the next generation that is destined to surpass us. God, would you bring your kingdom in the midst of us, in Jesus' name. 